another episode of Scary Stories with Kalila. I am Kalila Smith, and tonight I have a very special guest. One of the questions I get asked more than anything from people coming to take a tour or if they even getting a reading or in paranormal investigations, they always ask, what is the place in New Orleans that really scared you? And tonight we're going to talk about that place. So I want to welcome my guest, Raquel Rocky Degati, who's a very good friend of mine and fellow uh, paranormal investigator from, well, at the time she was living in Rhode Island, her home state, and now she is in uh, the wonderful state of New Jersey. Welcome, Raquel. Rocky, great hey, to see hey, you. Long time you? To see. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. This is a this is a lot of fun. Rocky's was been had, Rocky's been on a lot of investigations with me, and she went to this one place in particular. Uh, it was called at the time the State Palace Theater, and the building was originally built in the 1930s. It was the original MGM theater in New Orleans. It's a very extravagant, beautiful building. Uh, unfortunately, it no longer exists. Um, after Katrina, it got flooded it got boarded up and really stayed vacant for about 12 years and then one day just uh, burned up somebody I, I don't know if a homeless person was in there and started a fire or you know maybe there was some other electrical problem in there but the building basically burned to the ground um, over the last several years but um, back in its heyday it was a huge theater here a very uh, very very cool place um, that was built in the 1930s but by the 1980s and 90s, it became a place that was used for raves. Uh, people used to have raves there. That was the big thing back then. That was the rave, was the rave. And these were big parties that these kids would go to. And unfortunately, there was a lot of drugs in the State Palace Theater. And that's actually what shut it down at some point, was all of the drug activity that was in there. A lot of kids uh, OD'd, a lot of people died up in the place. And there was a lot of deaths over the years. So, um, I mean, Rocky, what was your initial impression of this place the first time you went in there? Well, I'm from, as you mentioned, I'm originally from Rhode Island, and we're no stranger to classic architecture there and, and buildings that way. I it, I love old theaters in general. I mean, look at that. Look at this, that, that gorgeous theater. It's absolutely cool. The first impression I got was, Time stood still as you walked into the entryway, because not only is is the structure itself very cool, but it had a lot of the the original architectural features. Remember when you looked down at the floor, it had that marbly with the oh, you know with the the crisscross metal in it and and stuff. All of the details were still there, so I I thought it was fascinating that when you walked in, it was like going back in time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that, that I mean, was that's just, such a cool era. That's the golden age of Hollywood, Prohibition, and, you know, there's there's a lot going on in the time that that theater was built, and, and it really oh, all yeah. just kind of reeks in the atmosphere. It's fantastic. Yeah, you can feel it. The You know, the energy in there is 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 from that era. You know, it, it even kind of has, still had that theatery smell to it. I don't know if that makes sense to a lot of people, but that certain smell you have that when you go into a theater, and I'm not talking about the popcorn, I'm just talking about there's a certain smell when you go into these old theaters. I don't know if it's the old film or what it is, but um, for many, many years after it was originally a movie theater in the 1930s and 40s, uh, one of the first movie theaters, it became 
a theater that was used for plays before people started doing, you know, the raves there and everything. And prior to that, of course, it was used as a college. And I'm going to close this little thing out here. Keep having a little pop-up coming up. But it was actually a theater where they had plays. They had performances in there. So you still had the stage up there. And you still had the big, beautiful red velvet curtain and everything that you would have, um, you know, in any kind of a theater that actually had plays in it. So it was it was extremely decadent and beautiful and, you know, it just had this this feel to it. But I, one the of the things I remember, go ahead. I was gonna say, the old schoolers used to say, at one time it housed the legitimate theater. Yes, it did, it really the did. Legitimate it, theater. The legitimate theater. The real theater, it was a real theater. But then it was also a movie house, you know, for for a great while. What, what a cool place, yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful place, wonderful place. And But I'll never forget, you know, there were five of us here. There was myself, Rocky, and we had three other people helping us out. And actually, it was already shut down when yeah. we got in there. It wasn't even a theater anymore. It had been shut down for quite a long time. And an artist friend of mine was using one of the rooms downstairs. And it's one of the rare places where you actually have somewhat of a basement. It's a little bit below the ground level of, of this you know, area. It had little offices down there and all. And he was doing artwork. And he was actually an artist who did the artwork for the Anne Rice Balls. Oh, yeah, he did a lot of that stuff. And um, he had invited me there because he and his wife had had a lot of strange experiences there um, in some of the areas. And she found it very frightening. And that's how, how we wound up going there. But I'll never forget one of the strangest things, you know, and, and, and this really still stays, the feeling that I had still stays with me. There was at some point, I had put things up on the, the stage itself. I put our bags, one of our bags up on the stage and then we started wandering around and kind of getting the, the, the initial tour with him. And then at some point I was like, oh, I need to go back and get that bag. And I went into the main theater area and you guys were still out in the entryway. And when I walked down into that area and I was up at the stage, my back was to where all the seating was and where the balconies were. And I just kind of had that chill you get when you feel like, you're not alone and i felt like there were a thousand eyes on me and it's like some people are in here somebody's in here and i can feel them all staring at me and it was so bizarre because you know and and then this is one of these things that we did not get a picture of because when i looked around when i turned around and i looked because i felt like so many people were looking at me and i turned around and i looked up in that top balcony there were seats up there it looked like there were seat rows of seats up there and it looked like people sitting there. There was this, I'll call it an illusion. It gave the illusion that there were actually people sitting in the seats. And I was just like, whoa, this is really bizarre. And then I came out and told all of them. And I'm like, oh, guys, y'all got y'all to gotta experience this. This is bizarre. And do you remember that? Do you remember coming in I there? I, I absolutely do. After what I can call a, a, a monumental feat of agonizing data recovery, <laughs> I was able to um, retrieve pictures from, this was in December of 2003, so I actually still had the hard copy floppy disk, and um, uh, hopefully that we can put up a picture um, for the, the balcony. 
there there are a couple of pictures I, I recovered of the balcony and if you look the balcony has some really clear-cut orbs in it yeah and the balcony is very very strange but there was actually a row and maybe it wasn't the balcony it was it actually rose above the balcony there was like this I don't that's know, a mezzanine that, maybe perhaps is it the orchestra I, I don't know what you would call that there was an area like way up at the top and we well, went up there and there were no seats there right that's where there were no seats not only were there no people sitting in the seats there were no seats and that's what was so shocking to me was that no i saw seats with people sitting in them when i was downstairs and that's what really creeped me out because i not only felt that sensation of someone staring at you but i could see what looked like people up there and when you get up there there's not even any seats it, no it wasn't or anything they had all been removed so that that was that was the first creep out of of that experience the first of many creep out of that experience and there was some kind of, in one of those balconies there was something you were drinking something or do you remember that there was some weird smell or you started smelling something do you remember yeah, that i do i do it was an acrid acrid smell and it it was almost a chemical smell and and it was it was very very strange i i think i mean it could have been anything from meth chemicals from the rave days to bathtub gin for all i could tell yeah i don't remember you you said it was something because it was like wait no you weren't drinking you smelled something though that didn't make sense to you right and it was it was it was i didn't this, smell it I, I didn't smell it but i remember you having that experience yeah, I, I sure did. And, and you know, it, it's kind of, I think, you know, it's the orchestra, the mezzanine and the balcony, I think is the, 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 the sectors. But it was funny, it actually felt when you walked out on the stage, you had a minute where you sort of like felt self conscious, because even if you couldn't see it, you felt like there was a whole audience there. You actually felt like, you know, the emperor with no clothes when you walked out. The you did. Stage. It was it was bizarre. It was a very very yeah. very weird feeling and i don't remember ever feeling that anywhere else you know like i said people say what what really scared you and it was like that place i will never forget those feelings because i've walked into hundreds if not thousands of haunted locations over the years and so have you and i've never had that feeling like i had in that place there was some very uncomfortable places for instance you have a photograph of look what looks like um what I called the Freddy Krueger uh, boiler room because <laughs> there was actually a place that went under where that somewhat of a basement was. And well, I, remember, yeah. I remember the guy going, do y'all want to go in there? And I was like, I, I, you know, he opened the door and I guess that's when you took the picture and I was like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. In. Uh. <laughs> well, actually, I was able to recover that picture as well. And it is, uh, it's actually, for, for you theater geeks, it's under the proscenium wing of the stage. And it, and it is, it's basically, it's, you know, for, for um, electrical access in the later years, electrical access, it's a utility, it's almost like, um, like a crawl space for, for utility reasons. And in the picture that I had, you can see that there is very clearly an orb on the pipe. And, and there's, and it was just kind of creepy anyway. I mean, you know, it's not the kind of place you want to like stick your head in there because when you see the pictures, 
it appears because we all had props to everyone really high powered flashlights there was no electricity this is all without electricity yeah, we had no electricity in there. It was pretty yeah. bizarre. Some of the some of the things that we captured in there were very bizarre. Um, one of the things that we kept seeing in this particular building, and 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 she has a photograph of one, and and, and I even managed to get a little bit of a video clip. Um, you know, you hear about shadow people. There's this, you know, supposedly one of the different types of hauntings is the shadow person. And what's interesting is that, you know, I've been doing this forever and, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, you didn't hear about shadow people. This is something that just started creeping up, you know, right around the late 90, 1990s, early 2000s, people started talking about shadow people. And at the time, and I, and I think a lot of people today still don't know what they are. I mean, at the time they were like, they don't talk, they don't do anything, they're there, they move, but uh, they seem to be more afraid of you than you are afraid of them. And nobody could really define what they are. Now, since then, I do want to say since then, over the years, I have kind of, I have a theory of what they are, simply because it, you know, as I deepened my um, work in mediumship and working with spirits on different levels of existence, and especially since I had very, people very, very close to me pass, and I had them in the very early stages, like, like the day after they die or the day they the actual day they die, appear as shadows. And at so that the quintessential point time, lost soul. What's that? The quintessential lost soul. Well, not necessarily, because these are people I knew. I mean, these people are very close to me, so they were not really lost. But it's almost like in that transitionary, because there's a few days there where they, where this, where the spirit doesn't really cross over. They kind of go around and they appear as the crisis apparition, where they they say their goodbyes to people and they let people know that they're still existing. And you, you know, you get these experiences with them. And it, you know, um, my co-host on the other show, the Afterlife Mysteries, we have talked about this at a great length about these shadow things and we've come to the conclusion that perhaps our theory is that these shadows are newly crossed over spirits who have not fully gone through and then able to kind of go back and forth they're very limited on what they can do so they show up but they they haven't really learned how to manifest themselves to show themselves to us a transitioning soul someone right who's exactly exactly and and that being said, I mean, I, you know, I'm not as afraid of them as I was in 2003, because in 2003, when I saw them, it was just like, whoa, I was not, you know, this thing is there and I'm not expecting to see that. And um, it's actually kind of a funny story. It's a, it's a little funny story about how I happened upon that first one. Now, the one by the piano, um, I don't recall seeing that at that time. I don't either, actually. Yeah. Well, he was probably just staring at it. He's probably just hiding from us. But, um, you know, that one, there was one in a closet. There was some point where we opened the door to a costume closet. Mm. And it was very cluttered, and there were, there were clothes in there hanging and so forth. And I had a person kneeling on the floor with one of the night shot cameras. And then I had someone standing, I think it was Scott that was standing and they're like, whoa, ooh, what's that? What's that? And I came and I kind of peeked around and they're like, 
do you see that? And I said, yeah, I see it. And they said, what is it? I said, I don't know. And I, I told Scott, who was standing, and I said, get in there and get a closer look. And he says, you get in there and get a closer look. And I'm like, I don't have the camera. And just within that split second, he slapped that camera in my hand and he pushed me into the room and shut the door. And the only light I had was what little bit of light illuminated off of that old Sony night shot green <laughs> screen that would show up. And that's the only thing illuminated. And all I remember seeing was something across the back. There was like a rack of clothing there and something just kind of went right across the screen. And in that instant, I got this chill at my back and it was like, I don't know what that was, but whatever it is, it moved and now I can't see it and I don't know where it's going. And I think if something would have touched me in that moment, in that room, I would have, I would have freaked out. And, and again, I am not somebody that ever gets freaked out on these things. I never, ever, because it's all energy. So it's kind of like, you know, I mean, for you and me, it's kind of ruined for us because it's like, we know it's energy. We know it's energy. Yeah, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. It's just energy. But in that moment, I was scared. It freaked me out, and I just wanted to get out of that room. And all I could think of was, if something touches me, I'm going to probably drop dead at this point. Is that warm enough? Oh, wow, that smells good. Yeah, doesn't it? What the fuck is that? I need down, that for down, new potpourri sets. Look at that. It looks like someone's standing there. Go back up. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right there. Look. <gasps> I don't know what to do. Go in there. Yeah. there you oh, go. I can't I do it. Baby, I don't have the camera. Who's, who's on point? I'm I'll go, but I need the camera. I can't do it if I don't see. Yeah. You want the camera? Go on point. Here. Yeah, I'll go. Here. Scott, yeah, take the scope. Here. Here. Right. I'll get you back. Bathroom? Yeah, it's storage room. It's all seats, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Must be as hell. Yes, it is. Hope I can close it easily. Scott, do you know what that looked like? I know what it looked like. Huh? Did it look like a woman standing there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you, did you ever see uh, Session 9? Yes. You remember that? I, uh, I, one of the things that I found I found so uh, fascinating about that, that feeling is difficult to describe. And for you kids at home, the, the hardest thing is to describe how that feels because it's so peculiar. But it's sort of like that feeling where you jump off a cliff because you get that like sink in your stomach. Maybe it's different for everybody, but I get that like sort of sink in your and it's a, just a very peculiar feeling, and and you always feel like the, it's like the floor feels spongy. Everything suddenly feels surreal. See, I've never jumped off a cliff, so right there when you said that, I'm like, now how many cliffs have you jumped off of exactly? No cliffs, one high dive. 
You mean like a skydive thing? No, 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 no. I, I, I think if they are nice enough to engineer the planes with all those safety measures, I'm going to stay put. Okay. Um, but uh, no, I, I jumped off like a high dive, like Greg Luganis kind of high dive. Um, oh, you mean like a diving board? Like a, yes. Oh, no, I don't do that either. No, I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, I, so it wasn't <laughs> cliff diving, but it was a, a little over 50 feet, I believe. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. I was like no. 18 and stupid. <laughs> well, okay, so people who have done it, they, they know what you're talking about. I don't want to know. You know what I But, yeah, it is, it is, it, it's very surreal when you get to that point where you really are you know because it's more than just oh i feel like this or i feel like there's somebody watching me and and then you go well there was nobody really there so maybe it was my imagination this was there was something there it moved and now i don't know where it is and i'm locked in the room with it so it's it's a whole (laughs) it's just like okay this really got very very real and it's very very scary because and I think it's that whole not knowing what it is. I mean, I think at this point, my impression of what a shadow person is very, very different. So I probably, you know, perceive it as a very different kind of experience. Right. But you at that time, learn. it was really terrifying. Oh, because, sure. You know, all your your mind is just like, oh, my God, now, now is that thing going to touch me? Where Where is it? Where did it go? You know, we'd all be so much more relaxed when we were dealing with spirit if we had never seen the movie The Entity. (laughs) We'd be so much cooler about all of this because now we saw that movie and now we think we're going to be like banged in the bathroom or something horrible, you know, some sort of violent violation is is it. Um, You know what you're describing? You're describing the exact thing like when somebody goes and takes a spider out of your house because if you're not one of those people that demands they kill it and get a body count, if you scoop up a spider and you go, oh, and then they go, oops. And the thing is, is you know it's there, you just don't know where it is. Same queasy feeling. Yes. Well, for me, it's cockroaches. But yeah, yeah, you know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, you're in Louisiana, that, that was just a bizarre feeling. And I wish we could have, my only regret with that particular situation was that we didn't get to go back in. A second yeah. time and do a redo because that's what i would cut was kind of hoping what was going to happen was that then you know you guys would come down in a few months or a year and we get to go back in and do a little more yeah. investigating of the place you know with a little bit better equipment because i mean in 2003 we didn't have much equipment at all y- you know and it's funny uh, i watched the various shows on the on the on the channels and at this point in time they are plentiful um and and I look at the at the gear and the gigas, and and I mean EMF meters, temperature. We've all been through that. Yeah, we had that. Or, you know, and infrared was just starting to kind of be a thing. It wasn't really affordable for the home hobbyist or or for the smaller business person. It was something like only like Raytheon had at the time. And and it's funny now we've got ghost boxes. And there are EMF meters, there are REM pods, there are, I saw the coolest thing. If anybody is out there and they're a paranormal investigator, there are a couple of videos on on uh, the common uh, bright red internet streaming service that we all go to for instructional videos. And uh, I looked up how to make a portal, the one you see like Jack Osborne using with his ghost spirit box. 
and it looks like an old ham radio and, and it's got all this and for those of you who are interested in building porters and who might be musicians it's two effects pedals wild wired through from an amp input on your ghost box run it through two pedals wire it up to a small desktop amp so all my musician friends are like are you serious they're like two thousand dollars it's like 100 bucks worth of stuff <laughs> it's out there and 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 now there's everything there's these crazy portals there's these crazy ghost boxes uh before there we were just running around with cameras and thermometers <laughs> but but you know really i you know nowadays for me to go in and do an investigation i don't even use the meters i don't use the emf meters i don't use thermometers um the more i have developed the mediumship i mean my body is the thermometer my body is right. the meter i you know and i'm not a big fan of the ghost boxes i've i when i was teaching the paranormal classes i've i've experimented with them i've bought them um you know hacked am radios by you, you would buy a radio shack i mean it was like come on seriously um <laughs> does radio shack still exist i don't know what they do now but but no i'm just not a big fan of those gadgets you know and then yeah, I mean, to me a portal is something that's i mean you know we open portals right all yeah the time. I, I mean, when i like, heard that term yeah i don't I need a gadget there. Yeah, I don't need a gadget to open a portal. So I'm not a big fan of those things. You know, I'm really not. What the portal actually does, it does not open a portal. And I don't know why it's termed a portal. But what it does is it is, it makes it sound like it's some great metaphysical thing. What it is, is it's an audio trick. Um, you have your ghost box, which might be a, a hacked AM radio type thing that's going to scan and do frequency. You take the quarter, uh, the excuse me, the eighth inch jack out of that, and you plug it into a um, into a noise gate pedal. Which, if anybody out there as a sound engineer plays guitar, they're familiar with a noise gate pedal. It's a common item that some guitarists may use in their thing. And then you plug that pedal into another pedal. That's a reverb pedal, another very common thing. And then you put the output to that to some small speaker. Now they make these in these kooky, like, you know, they'll get an old radio, antique radio case, and they'll build all this electronic in there so that you just have to flip switches and stuff. And they'll charge you two grand for this crazy thing. So what it does is it doesn't open a portal in the classical sense. It's what it does is it actually is a cleanup. It's an audio process and cleanup to take that ghost box, clean it up so you're not just listening to that stuff. And everything goes, wah, wah, you know, and it's, and, and you never, under, like, what? Oh, he said Lincoln, you know, he said, what? You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. so, so the portal per se is really just uh, running your signal and audio from a ghost box through a noise gate and a reverb pedal into some form of amplification. And believe it or not, it works. It cleans it up a little bit. I've also taken the ghost box and slipped it in RFID pouch, Faraday pouch. Interesting. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, I, I guess I'd rather do things the old fashioned way, you know. And it's different when you're a medium though, because you, you know, um, we just kind of tune in directly, so. You know, I have moments of medium. Yeah, you probably My, my do, moments yeah. are more like an extra large, but I have moments of medium 
and and you're right i agree it's it's really something that is you know it, it, you can't be a direct line and when you're having the direct experience but i'm i have maybe it's just the tech whore in me i just really love the gadgets for fun yeah, see, I don't, I'm not a big fan. But then again, not everybody's a medium. I, I mean, I'll never forget, I one of the investigations I actually did in Memphis, and I brought a fellow medium, um, Sylvia, with me, and, and, and she goes into trance. I mean, she goes into trance. She does direct voice, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. And, and we're watching, I, we we're on this investigation, and, and she's watching these paranormal investigators play with the um, little light up balls, you know, you put them on there and they were lighting up and they were talking to them and they would light up. And she says, what are they trying to do? And I said, they're trying to talk to spirit. And she couldn't quite understand why they were doing that. And she goes, tell them they don't need to do that. I mean, I'll just check in and I'll just talk, you know, talk to spirit for them. And I'm like, no, 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 they're not mediums. So I guess if you're not able to just you know, have that kind of experience, you know, you've got to use the, the equipment and some people right. like the documentation of the scientific equipment. Um, yeah. They, that's, that's, I think what appeals to me. I like the tech aspect. I like the idea that it, it, and anything techie that works eventually will open up gateways for technology. Like there was a time none of us knew how to use computers, but when they made them simple and they made them more accessible, we all can use them. So for those who don't have mediumship skills, I think that having some of these REM pods and some of these, um, the only one that kind of like makes me look sideways is the ovulus. And and that's uh, the, the the one that generates actual spoken words. I have one of those. Yeah, I have one of those. Oh, yeah. I used one in 2009 in the television show that we had here, the Haunted New Orleans My television goodness. show. Paid like $300 for it. And, and, you know, I will say it's just a word bank. It's a word bank and it's going right. to just blurt out stuff. But what's interesting, and I do know that spirit can manipulate energy like that. It's all energy and, the, and, and spirits can affect it. But what's really weird about the ovulus is that it would say specific things just at the right time. Well, yeah, that's the idea is that it's that. You, you know, it really did. Bank. You know, I, I was in one place where... The place had been a funeral home before, and it had never said the word funeral, but when we walked in, it said funeral. And another place was on, um, happened to be on a street called Religion Street, and it had the old sign, and it was right there by the bathroom. It was almost like a little altar with the old sign and some of the original stuff from the original building, and it had the, this big old street sign It said religion. And when I was using the ovulus in there, it said religion. And I was like, okay, how did it do that? <laughs> so I've been kind of surprised with the ovulus. So I don't, I don't dismiss all electronic devices. And they can be fun. They can be fun to play with. Exactly. Yeah. But and I, and I, I still I love the fun. old school, you know, there's nothing like a photograph or a video. Having a photograph, I mean, for instance, the photograph of the piano with the shadow person there you you, you yeah. have to capture that and i didn't even know you had a photograph that's like crazy that. isn't it uh, yeah. a photograph with the with where you, you took a picture you know uh, being a musician and, and someone who plays piano and she was playing the piano and sitting there playing and singing and she takes this picture not trying to get a ghost in the picture and then what years later you you notice that there's 
a shadow person right there. Right there. And none of us saw it. I didn't <laughs> do a photo where, you, where I circled it so you could see it. it it's just yeah. crazy. And of course, one of the best pictures, and, it, and it's, it's a classic picture. I've used it in a book. I've used it in, you know, my classes <laughs> when I'm teaching people. The best picture I think that we ever got was the fabulous photograph of the sconce on the wall. And you know, this was, we were in this, this lower level hallway and it was beautiful, beautiful, really old timey, you know, uh, painting. And you had the, the lovely, here's a picture of it right here. You know, you've got this gorgeous molding on there and something compelled me now now when you see that that handle that was a staircase going down and for some reason i decided to take a picture of this wall and it was just a blank wall when i took a picture of it but if you look right in the middle where the two walls meet you see this impression it's a very very light outline and what it was on the, on the actual film photograph, you can see that it looks like an antiquated light fixture of some kind of sconce. Uh, it's even glowing. And you can see the outline of it and, and the, where it connects to the wall, you can see the whole outline there. And, you know, when we took the picture and then looked at it and then looked at the wall, it was not there on the wall. Nope. That literally appeared on the photograph. And that is like one of the best... You know, I mean, it's old, it's 2003, but still. That was a good catch. <laughs> that was a good catch. I mean, it was just so spontaneous. And I remember at the time, I don't even know why I took the picture. It was just kind of like, you know, something tells me take a picture of that right there. And it was just I like, was just going to say, I want to say we both kind of looked at each other and go like, what's up over there? Yeah. And, and yeah, it was like, something's over here. Click. And, and that's how we did it back then. That's how okay. we did it. In fact, maybe one of the meters went off. I don't remember. But something told us to, you know, take a shot of that and see what you get. And, and we, in fact, got something. And, you know, especially back then, you did not get the phenomena that you get today. You didn't, oh, no. You, you didn't have the, the, the really delicate digital equipment that we have today. I mean, they might have just been coming out with digital back then. I don't even remember. But I know the original picture of that was film. I was still, well, I, yeah. was, well, I was old school. Right. I shot wow. with film and, you know, I had a film camera with me and, um, you know, the, the night shot video that I had was not digital. You know, that was that original, um, high eight magnetic tape. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It was, there was nothing digital about it. It was, it was analog. It was analog yeah, video tape. You're analog, and, you know, so, um, you know, it was just, and it was one of the first of its kind that had the night shot and you even right. had that, that green look to it. And you had like the little square where you had the pic where the light would come through it and everything. And, and, uh, you know, that's what we had and that's what we rolled with. But the, ph the phenomena that we got in that building was amazing in comparison to some of the other places. I mean, just you know, over and over again, you know, walking into a room and just, you know, getting all of this stuff to just to feel, to, to see, to hear, and then to actually capture it on photograph or video. I mean, yeah. you know, that's just something that doesn't happen every day. Um, you know, and to a lot of people that watch just the television shows and they think, oh yeah, you go out and you go into an investigation and this has happened and this has happened. 
for the kind of things that we had happening on this investigation, it was rare because what you see on the television shows, that could be days or even weeks of them filming in one location to get one little thing, if anything. I well, mean, we in there, what, two, three hours at max? We weren't in there that long. No, we were we were not in there that long. We didn't have a whole lot of time. I mean, we were kind of, we were zipping through it because it's a big place. It was a huge place. It is place. a big place, yeah. Well, and um, we, we were zipping through it, but... I mean, the things that we got were just amazing. And you see, that's the key. When you're doing an investigation, that is the key. I have always believed, you know, especially now, I mean, if you're going to get something, you're going to get something the minute you walk in that door. You're right. going to get some in that first, you know, in those first few minutes, that's when it's there. That's when you're going to get it. You know, um, that was the whole point of, you know, opening that, that door and you, you fling the door open and you hit it with the cameras because there it is. Right. And you're either going to get it right away because if you sit, you can sit there eight hours, you can sit there all night. And if you're not getting anything, you're not going to get anything. It's not going to just materialize. So, um, I mean, that was the best way to get it. And and just, you know, we were, we were, we were very renegade about it. Just boom. Here we are. Boom. Open the door. Hit it with a camera, you know. <laughs> and yeah, it was it, it was cool. Well, you and I have worked together more than once, and, and I've often thought, I, I always think you're the medium and I'm the Kenwood amplifier, because we do work well together. Yes, we do. You know, and, and we, we do tend to get, I think, uh, some great results, and, and, you know, you are the only person to this day who has gotten me into a canoe on a bayou at like 4.30 in the morning. Yes. That was that. Where was it? Out to Frenier that day, right? That was out to Frenier. Yeah, that was the haunted bayou. That was out there to go into the haunted bayou. But wasn't that the night that we were looking for the um, the uh, the Rougarou out there? We were out there looking for. Uh, you know, I I I have the pleasure of living with the Floridian. He calls it a skunk ape. Well, okay, all right, yeah, they do. They call it a skunk ape. Uh, but you know what? In 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 his defense, I gotta say, I wrote a book um, on Miami. Oh, Miami's dark tales, and I wrote about not just ghosts, but some very strange things because there's some strange stuff in Miami. Um, after Katrina, I spent a lot of time there, and I did a lot of investigations. And one of the things I investigated was their version of the swamp monster, which they call a skunk ape. And interestingly enough there are there's a breed of apes that actually live in the everglades i think i dated a couple when i lived in orlando <laughs> of course you did why wouldn't you but no there there's actually documentation they call them napes okay north american primates and it's a breed of I don't know if they're chimp I think they're large chimpanzees that oh, were brought wow. to cool. the United States many, many years before. I mean, you used to have roadside shows in, in Florida, especially the swamp roads. You had roadside circuses, roadside shows with animals. I mean, we used to have that here. You'd be driving, it's like, see the tiger, you know, and you go in there and they, you know, we had the snake farm just right around the block from where I live. You know, you had all of these roadside places where they would have these animals and in florida those animals get loose they're going to go up into they're going to populate the everglades they're going to populate and from what i understand at some point in time 
there was like a shipload of these these apes from certain areas of Africa that were brought into Florida, got loose, wound up in the Everglades. And what makes them different, what makes them very, very different is that unlike your normal chimpanzee, which doesn't like water, these will swim. And I think that a lot of your tales of the skunk ape are actually these these apes that live in the Everglades. Well, something else to consider, and this is no disrespect to the fine state of Florida, which has housed me and has provided me with a, a delightful uh, companion in life. However, you know, the most UFO sightings have got to be outside of like Roswell and Florida. There's always somebody in Florida. South Florida. And the other thing about Florida is, you know, they've got all these, they've got these cryptids, and they've got all these crazy, crazy, everything loony happens in Florida. Right, except the ones that are here. And that's what you were going after in those boats. But here, they, you know, we have what they call the swamp monster. Rougarou. The, they, some people call it the Rougarou. So to some people, the Rougarou is a werewolf. To others, they, you know, to the, to the Choctaw, the Rougarou was actually more of a Bigfoot kind of creature. Right. That was in the swamps. And we were going out to look for one because I had actually, there was one sighting recently, right before you got there, I was doing a tour out there and we actually saw something in that bayou. And I was in a boat with a bunch of, uh, believe it or not, Girl Scouts. And the girls were shining the lights on the bayou and everything. And they saw something swimming across the, moving across the bayou. I'll say moving, it wasn't really swimming. It was moving and it just looked like the head of something. It was furry. There was a head, there was no neck. And they hit it with the light. It was a little bit further up. I don't know how many feet, I can't tell. And the captain of the boat asked me, he says, what is that? And I said, you don't know? <laughs> I don't know, don't, you're out here all the time. And you know, we discussed it afterwards because you know the girls kind of turned the light off and when they turned it back on, whatever it was, it was gone, of course, you know, typical. Of course, yeah. And that's what we were going in search of that night because we we'd spotted it. And when I talked to the captain of the ship afterwards, he says, you know, it was really strange about whatever it was we saw. Because I said, well, you know, maybe it was a bobcat because it kind of had that light colored fur. And I said, well, yeah, right. it might have been a bobcat, you know, swimming across. And he says, no, he says, the weird thing about that thing was it had no wake. And of course, oh, so, wow. you know, yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. And he says, no, you don't understand. He says, if it's swimming, it'll have a wake. He right. said, it had no wake. Whatever it was it had to be nine feet tall because it was walking along the bottom of the body. Right. Yeah. So that's what we were in search of. So Rocky comes down and we drag her out into a into January into the cold bayou in a metal boat, pirogue, if you will, flat bottom boat, and dragged her out into the bayou to look for this thing that I had seen a few few weeks earlier. And um unfortunately we didn't see it. Didn't see it again. No. And um which is actually kind of good because I got to tell you, you can stick me in a closet in the state theater with a shadow person and I would be a lot less apprehensive than in an MRF and uh, metal boat in a bayou. And, and then you've got, you know, your, your, your associates telling me things like, be careful with that or because when you go down, you're going to hit the alligators on the nose and they're going to come up and snap. I am from Rhode Island. I can clean a codfish in five minutes. 
but I don't know nothing about nutria and alligators and stuff like that. Like the worst thing that happens to me if I blindly run into the water is I might get hit by a rock crab. Oh my, you certainly have some some treacherous nasties in there. We and do, uh, we do. but, but that it was, was fun. Huh? It was fun. We've had some fun. We've we had, had some fun you know, adventures. I love and, it. Uh, <laughs> but right now, I, I mean, you're you're doing some pretty fun adventures yourself right now, because um, you know, I'd like you to kind of explain to people, because I, I know everybody's noticing this this beautiful jewelry that you have oh. around your neck and on your hat. And you do something very, very unique with that. Now, why don't you uh, give, yes, everybody, I do. give everybody a little rundown on what that is. <laughs> um, the jewelry is from Darker Arts Studio, and the website's www.darkerartsstudio.com. I am the artist. These are real human moans. They are ethically sourced. There's some FAQ on the website, even if you're just curious, like what kind of crazy woman makes jewelry out of human bones. I think bones are beautiful. I One of the things I love about bones is we all have the same skeleton. Our outsides are varied, our intellects are varied, our personalities are varied. Our skeletons is what we have all in common. And uh, this, uh, the necklace has red jade. That's actually red jade, wow. as well as the hat band, custom jewelry. And also on that page is the um, front porch tarot which is uh, here in Mulligan Hill, New Jersey. And also I do video readings too. So if you live in Louisiana, Tennessee, or Georgia, I am so sorry. I am not able to ship you human bones. If you have a cousin in Biloxi, we can talk. Um, but outside of that, <laughs> um, but uh, the, the jewelry is, uh, is and, the, and the tarot readings are a lot of fun. If you can find both on that website and I do this, pieces ready to ship there's custom orders there there's go. all kinds of stuff if you're into wearing bones guys this is the lady you want to see so no about <laughs> it. oh rocky this has been so much fun it's so great to finally see you we haven't seen each other in so many years everybody going in different directions and everything so um but are you doing any investigations right now any any new investigations um, going actually on? I have some some dear friends that uh, I am not affiliated with any one group, but I do have some friends, the South Jersey Soul Searchers. Shout out, uh, shout out to the South Jersey Soul Searchers. Don't try to say that ten times fast. Um, and we went to an old mill in Chester, PA, and nice. uh, the footage is still still coming. But lots of people had some interesting experience. People hearing whispers in their ear. I've been out there. It's an it's an area. It's an old mill, uh, not unlike the area where I'm from, Fall River, or, you know, in that area with all the old mills. And uh, they converted it into a place where musicians practice. Oh, it's nice. All practices for different bands. On any given night, you can hear several bands practicing. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, and it's actually kind of a lot of fun to hang out there. But the mill itself is from 1956. And it has a very, very nice residual vibe. You can sometimes see the mill workers. You can, and it's oh, and it's wow. very, very residual, non-threatening. It's not the kind of thing that scares anybody. But when you tune in, it's really neat because you're really seeing a slice of the past. So we went out there with some cameras, and the, the evidence is still forthcoming because there was a lot of video evidence. We were out there cool. for several hours. Oh, 
Well, good. So, we, uh, we have something yeah. to look forward to. Those of you in New Jersey, and I'll go check out some of these places she's talking about. Well, Rocky, uh, it's been such a pleasure to see you as always. Thank you so much. You We're going to call this a wrap, and um, hopefully we'll get to see you real soon when you guys come down to New Orleans again. Uh, we can't wait. New Orleans yeah. is open. New Orleans is back open after COVID. So, you know, come on down and... Um, Want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed our scary story of the evening and us reminiscing about this uh, particularly scary place that I wish was still there that we could go into, but we can't. But at least we have the pictures to prove that we had been there once. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hope to see you again soon for another episode of Scary Stories with Kalila. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.